Welcome to Coffee and an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and today I'm here with Steve Rios, who has his own research firm, Rios Research and Evaluation, but he's also the Senior Director of the Florida Department of Children and Families Positive Pathways Program. And today we're going to talk about the program and his work with foster youth. So how are you today, Steve? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us because um, I've learned so much from you over the years about foster youth in Florida, and especially foster youth who age out. And I think that there's a lot that we can share with our listeners around this topic. And so let's just jump right into it. What is Positive Pathways? What is this program and what is it that you do with our foster youth in Florida through this program? Yes, um, thank you. So Positive Pathways like you mentioned, is a Florida Department of Children and Families program. It is administered by Educate Tomorrow, uh, which is a nonprofit organization based in Miami, um, but it's, it's statewide also. Positive Pathways is really, in my estimation, just an, another example of the Florida Department of Children and Families uh, vision to help young people from foster care succeed in life. And um, it is an innovative program, which was set up basically to support colleges and universities and the foster care liaisons that these these colleges and universities appointed. So basically, Florida is one of the very few states that passed legislation requiring, you know, the colleges and the universities to appoint a designated individual to serve young people from foster care. Now, of course, you know this. I mean, as the former dean uh, at Miami-Dade College, which has more than 450 young people from foster care now, yes, Wow, 450. More than 450. So these are uh, young people who have the the opportunity to go to college, a public college or a public university or a technical college uh, for free. If the uh, college or university accepts Florida Bright Futures, then they can accept these um, tuition waivers. Right. And so um, for me, it's, it's, it's really an honor to be able to um, promote these exemptions and to support these foster care liaisons. Now, you know how it is uh, around the, you know, around the, the state. Some of these foster care liaisons are much more tuned in than, than others. Right. Some of them, I call them and a couple of times they've said, I'm, I'm what? I'm the foster care liaison. And so, but many others, you know, know what it is. And so the state of Florida and the Department of Children and Families realized that um, that these individuals who most of the time, almost all of the time have other responsibilities, um, they realized that these folks needed some support and guidance and technical assistance. So that's our responsibility. Positive Pathways is, um, it's just three people. Each one of us is part-time. I mean, the program supervisor, who's Brett McNaught, uh, and who's also the, you know, the CEO of Educate Tomorrow, 
I mean, it, it's like only 2% of his time that's covered. Um, my time is covered 25 hours a week only, and the same with, you know, even fewer hours for the program assistant. So over the past, you know, four years or so, we've been, um, you know, trying to do the best we can, and, and we've had some some exciting success. Wow, it, with, with uh, not a lot of resources in terms of time uh, to be able to do that. So that's amazing work. What is um, Bright Futures? You talked about Bright Futures and tuition waivers, and that's something that a lot of us might not know either. So what is that, Bright Futures? Well, um, you know, again, I, I think in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, Florida has really made an effort to promote post-secondary education. Uh, one of the ways that they have done so is with this a Bright Futures um, scholarship, which uh, is a combination of getting good grades in school, of course, you know, keeping keeping your nose clean and uh, and providing community service, right? So um, if students in in high schools um, kind of fulfill the requirements for Bright Futures, then they can get, you know. A very high percentage of their of their college education paid for, covered by the state, and so um, you know the state wanted to make sure that students from the foster care system who have very few resources to begin with, the state wanted to make sure that these students didn't get caught up in private schools that were super expensive mm-hmm. um, or predatory. Even And so by requiring that a student use their tuition exemption only at schools that are, you know, that can receive Bright Futures uh, funding, they assured that, you know, the schools that these young people would go to, by and large, were, you know, were quality schools. So that's the connection there. That was very smart because um, we do know that there are a lot of uh, schools that are for-profit, are predatory, and um, and are not accredited uh, anywhere in the U.S. And so here was an opportunity to make sure that we protected our youth from falling into some of those traps and going to schools that where they w- will get an, uh, an accredited experience, will have a diploma that they can use for future work and things of that sort. So that was very smart um, part of the state. How how big is this foster youth system? How many foster children do we have in Florida? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, Florida is, is one of the, the largest systems in, in the country um, for foster youth. We have about um, 20,000 young wow. people. And, um, and, you know, the... I would say about a third of them are those teen years, 13 years old and, and, and older, up to 18. Um, and Florida also has the um, has a system whereby once a young person hits 18, they could go into something called extended foster care because a lot of times these young people still need some oversight. They need some supervision. Um, and so by going into extended foster care, they have a little extra time where the judge would oversee their case uh, mm-hmm. and where a caseworker would still be responsible to, you know, to help them succeed. Um, and, you know, um, every year around the country, 23,000 young people 
age out of foster care. And so that means they hit that 18 years old. And you know, you know as well as I do that most 18 year olds are not ready to go out on their own. No. So at least here in Florida, which has about a thousand young people every year aging out, um, there is, you know, the Spanish people like to say remedio, right? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some assistance, there's some help, there's some hope for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, Florida is really, it's really made a, a very, very specific effort to help these young people. What, what I mean by that is the, the national government, the federal government established something called the Educational and Training Voucher Program, which means, <clears throat> which means that they have, um, you know, they authorize up to $5,000 a year for states to use to, for the education of young people. Um, a lot of times, you know, the states just go ahead and, and, and tell their, their students, look, you have $5,000 a year, so figure out what you're going to do and we'll, you know, support that. But here in Florida, what they've done is they've taken that funding, the ETV money, and they've combined it with other state funds um, in order to create a program which provides $1,256 a month in stipends to young people from foster care who are pursuing you know, their, their education. So on top of the tuition exemption, which allows them to go to school for free, they have this $1,256 a month. So a young person coming out of foster care in Florida who is, you know, who, who can get themselves into a you know, a a qualified school, they can also apply for the Pell Grant, which can easily be, you know, $6,000 for them, plus this $1,256 a month means that they could actually get, like, what I like to say in cash and prizes, up to $17,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Florida has really done what it can to try to provide the financial resources for these young people. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and even at that, um, I think what happens is you also have, you know, you have those emergency expenditures, you know, we talked about a little earlier, a lot of folks just don't have that, you know, anything beyond the next week. So a lot of these young people don't have anything beyond the next month, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, <clears throat> and so what that means is that we've been very, um, you know, fortunate here in Florida to find organizations like Educate Tomorrow that have tried to go the extra mile, even beyond what the state provides. And so through this network, the Positive Pathways Network, organizations that are determined to do whatever they can for young people um, have found, you know, colleagues who they can work together with. So like, for instance, um, Educate Tomorrow through the network, met a, a, an organization called AOK Scholars. So the AOK Scholars Foundation has come alongside Educate Tomorrow and said, look, we're willing to support you know, the young people who are already receiving the waiver, meaning that we're going to provide you know, a, another kind of case manager, uh, mentor um, for that young person, as well as 
we will give them up to $2,500 a year in any kind of emergency funding they need. They crack their phone, their car breaks, they don't have transportation, they're doing, uh, you know, they're, they're about to be evicted, uh, these kind of things, you know, AOK will pay for. And so they have now, they have more than 350 young people, um, you know, that they're supporting in this way. But the beautiful thing is that they have funding. They're a multi-million dollar company um, that, that set up this AOK Scholars program. They have funding for a thousand young people. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're, you know, that's like their long-term goal. So every time I have the opportunity with our monthly calls, because Positive Pathways has monthly calls with an average of 50 people a month have been getting on these calls from all over the state of Florida. We're talking about, you know, uh, foster care liaisons, um, deans like yourself have been on there. The chancellor of the Florida college system would regularly get on that call, which was, you know, pretty encouraging. She's, she's now at Tallahassee Community College. Mm-hmm. Um, but young people themselves get on the call. And every time a young person is on the call and they express from their heart, you know, what's going on or, or how appreciative they are, it just, you know, lights up the the whole call really because it's 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 straight from the heart you know it's very honest um and we have independent living um supervisors and caseworkers really it's a tremendous you know um, family of people around the state who help you know these young people and so the organization that i mentioned aok scholars they are on it um, you know, they, they're able to introduce themselves and to consistently remind people from all over the state that um, that they're there to help these young people as well financially. It's 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 an it's an amazing network, a supportive network. I, I picture like this big blanket covering the entire state of Florida. Um, here we are working together to help you be successful so yeah. that, you know, yeah. You can continue uh, towards whatever journey you choose, a uh, professional yeah. journey and personal journey. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I, I think I would be remiss mm-hmm. not take this opportunity talking to you, who you were at Miami-Dade College, you were Dean of Students, you were in a tremendous position to both be supportive of this work and to see the need for it. So would you mind if I just ask you from your point of view in the wonderful position that you had at Miami-Dade College, what did you think about, you know, the positive pathways and the work that we did and educate yeah. tomorrow on your campus? Yeah, it's so funny. The, so the tables have turned. You're interviewing me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I actually worked closely with our dean of students. We were a power team and I was dean of academic affairs and faculty. So it was great because she could really look at those support services that our students needed. Um, anything from, um, you know, bus pass assistance, uh, advisement, all that, all that stuff that we need to be successful. And then I could really focus on what's going on in the classroom. How do we make sure that you do well, that you take the right classes, um, that you have free tutoring available if you need help with any subject area. And so we created, um, we joined our blankets to create some big, a big blanket on campus or a quill. I like quilts. They're very comforting um, for our, our all our students. But we were very intentional about our foster youth and making sure that they knew they were never alone. And there were some amazing people on our campus 
who reached out to our foster youth and really, you know, walked the walk with them and talked and helped and were there. And I think that's important when you're a big campus or a big school, you know, we, we're huge. Miami Day College is huge. And the campus is really big as well. I think it's important to have a person, to know people's faces and names and to know if I need something, if I have a question, if I have a situation, I feel comfortable talking to this person. I think that's important because a lot of times people are scared to ask for help or don't know or feel stupid if they ask a question or don't know uh, who to turn to. And we were very intentional of always being at at activities with our students, uh, especially our foster youth, and really making sure that they knew if you have a question about a class, if you need a tutor, talk to me. If you need this, talk to me. Um, you know, we have food pantries. We had all kinds of things to help students, but we wanted to be intentional with our foster youth and make sure they knew, hey, this is my name. This is who you could come to me if you need anything. Uh, because again, this, the, the world is rough, right? Life is tough. And um, our foster youth, especially our aged out foster youth who are now in a different, slightly different system and they're more independent now, it can be lonely and scary. And you wanna make sure that everyone is well supported and knows that they're not alone and knows that people, people have my back, right? You want them to feel, yeah, yeah they have my back. And, um, and I think that is very helpful. And then there are times when you wanna give up. And, and when you're in school, you know this, you're in college, oh my God, I didn't do on this paper, this teacher doesn't like me, this is going on, um, I'm so stupid, I don't get this algebra stuff, am I ever gonna need it? And um, many people give up as they meet those obstacles, but if they have um, a good support system and they know that they're people who's got, who have their backs, I think they're more willing to walk work through that and walk that journey, continue that journey. Hey, okay, algebra, I'm doing terrible. But, you know, I remember Dean Pena said, I can get free tutoring whenever I need it. Let me, let me call her and see what I, what can I do to get at least a C in this class? Exactly. Exactly. And Miami-Dade College truly was, you know, and is mm -hmm. so supportive of this initiative and, you know, folks like yourself and, you know, Dean Perez and obviously the president, Melu Harrison, mm -hmm. their, their determination to support these young people has been incredible. And, and this has happened around the state. I mean, there are still a lot of, you know, there are 28 colleges and um, only a couple of them have this dedicated program, but more and more, the people who are these liaisons, right, are taking it upon themselves to, uh, to do more on their campus. Mm -hmm. So just recently, St. Petersburg College um, determined and agreed to uh, match the funding that was uh, put down on the table by Educate Tomorrow and the Helios Education Foundation in order to have a full-time person. So that full-time person is gonna start um, you know, this year uh, working with the young people. Daytona State College mm -hmm. also has taken up the challenge to um, you know, to, to find a person who can be um, helping these young people, and so they they have a person who's leading uh, one of their initiatives that they want to assign this person to the foster care youth as well. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, the Florida State College of Jacksonville also has a, a champion of a person who is saying, well, you know, let me do whatever I can on my campus and in my community, because really this mm -hmm. needs to be a community-wide initiative. Um, in, in helping these young people. And so, yeah, we, we're seeing change. I mean, the reality is over the past um, 10 years, actually since 
Over the past five or six years, the number of young people in college from foster care has gone up from 1,500 to 6,100 in Florida. From 1,500 to 6,100. That growth rate of nearly 300% is more, way more. I mean, you, you know, what's the average you know, growth rate year to year in colleges and universities? It's like almost flat, 1%, maybe 2%, per, you know. If you're lucky lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, especially now. And so, you know, as a matter of fact, that reminds me, one of the, the, the powerful things about this network is that we can now get on the phone, you know, once a month. We were doing it anyway, right? A lot of people had to say, oh my gosh, now coronavirus, what can we put into place to support these young people? <clears throat> well, we had already been meeting once a month, virtually. And mm. so all we had to do was start talking about, you know, something different um, and saying, well, what's going on with the students? What can be done? Um, we did a survey. We found that 65% of them needed um, study skills help, especially now going online. You know, they're not accustomed to that. They're accustomed to seeing the person, you know, face to face. And so what we did was we started a, a tutoring program um, down here in Miami, a virtual tutoring program. We hired um, a young a, a man who is a foster father, adoptive father, happens to be a homestead adjunct professor at Miami-Dade College and is a high school teacher. So we hired him. <laughs> yeah, right? Isn't that something? We contracted him in order to provide this tutoring. So he's going to mm-hmm. do the assessments of the students and then provide whatever support they need. And hopefully this will be a pilot program that places, you know, other parts of the, the state could see um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe, you know, find funding of their own to do something similar. So that's what the, the network really uh, provides, as well as technical advice, you know, through the network, I can provide technical assistance to anybody who calls from a student all the way up to the chancellors. Um, I can connect them and I do consistently connect them with other people in the state who have you know, experience uh, and can answer some of their questions. The other day, Florida um, FAMU called to mm-hmm. say, look, you know, I'm new in this position. I haven't dealt too much with the homeless waivers do you have any you know, adv- advice about that? And I said, well, I'd love to connect you with, and so I connected her with the new person uh, who's an AOK coach uh, in the Boca Raton area. And so they picked it up and they're talking from there. So that, that's the power of a network. This is an association of people who are doing the same thing day in and day out and are willing to help each other. Yeah, and it's amazing because the fact that the network is well-established that you meet consistently, that you're always working towards the same goals, it allowed you to right away respond to what's going on in the pandemic. And that tutoring example, that's a perfect example, right? So you you were able to figure out what are your biggest needs right now as we go into this pandemic. And you found out, okay, a lot of our students are struggling because they're not used to being in this virtual format and need some tutoring. And then you were able to respond with a service to help those students. So that's the power of a network, but also of a community uh, wide initiative, um, community focused kind of initiative where you're all working together to towards the same goals to help a group of people. 
Exactly. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about how we can get involved too. But before I do, I wanted to make sure we all understand what this extended foster care is and what happens when you age out. Um, you know, the first thing many of us think about is, okay, you age out of the system. Does that mean that you can no longer live where you're living if you are with a foster parent? Um, so what happens and how are you able, where can you live while you're going to college? So can you tell us a little bit more about that process so that we understand what happens once you age out? Yeah, sure. So, you know, by and large, once you're 18 years old, it's very difficult to stay in the home that you were in if there are younger students there, right? Um, so that being the case, um, Florida has, you know, a, a couple of, of ways to help. I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the PES program, post-secondary educational support services, which provides uh, this funding. And really, you know, that funding is supposed to be used, um, they anticipate that it's gonna be used to find you a place to live. Now in Miami, you can imagine that it's pretty hard <laughs> to find a place, right? right? And so there are, you know, there are programs and there are some, um, you know, uh, places that allow the young person to, to stay, you know, they're not living right there with students, with uh, children who are under 18 so that they can stay in that arrangement. There are a, a good number of times when the foster parents themselves can keep the young person there because maybe they don't you know, have uh, younger children and so it's not gonna be a problem. When that happens, the um, you know, arrangements are made to, to in, in supervised, in appropriate supervised facilities to provide you know, funding for that young student who can then start paying rent, right? Um, there are also some programs. Um, there are programs like here, Casa Valentina in Miami that allows you know, the students to move in and they can have maybe a roommate and just have to pay $200 a month mm -hmm. in order to, you know, to have a place. Now that's, and this is why, because they're so, they're limited places for a young person to go and afford. That's one of the reasons why we try to promote, you know, this college experience, especially those who can qualify for university because then there's university housing. Oh, um, yes, that's right? right. I mean, and Florida International University, for instance, saw the importance of university housing. And so they got funding from the state in order to provide housing vouchers for their young people. So we have a good number of young people who, you know, were living on, on the campus. And the beautiful thing about that is that more and more universities are realizing that this housing is, is so important that they're allowing for year-round housing for these young people. Where in the past, it would be like, no, sorry, you got to go home during the Thanksgiving. Well, where's, that, where's home, right? This is mm -hmm. home. So that was the first thing I thought about, like what happens during Christmas break and summer break and spring break. And, mm -hmm. Exactly. And so more and more, you know, one of the beautiful things about this, this network is we're increasing awareness. We're helping people to realize, you know, the need and we're helping them to realize that other colleges and universities are not just saying, um, oh, well, you know, aren't they just another struggling population? Um, like, you know, a lot of times the college could say, yeah, Steve, the statistics that you're sharing with me about these young people, that's all of our people, or that's 75%, right, of our people, mm -hmm. you know? They come from underprivileged homes, they're academically behind, that's the story of community college. 
But the issue is that a lot of those young people, even the homeless young people, have their moms and dads sometimes, a lot of times, right? Just because they're homeless doesn't mean they're homeless on their own. Mm-hmm. So the difference in this population, um, you know, by and large, once they hit 18, they're, they've got to figure out what's going on, even though they still have that support from the state. And a lot of them don't want the extended foster care. A lot of them say, hey, I'm 18, let me get out of here. And unfortunately, um, at 18 years old, 50% of them still don't have their high school diploma or their mm-hmm. GED, right? Um, and, and they're not necessarily going to get it, you know, at 18 and a half, just because by and large, young people from foster care, just by the nature of foster care, are academically behind. Um, whether they that happened before they got into foster care or during or a combination of both. By and large, most of these young people go to multiple schools um, on their way to their 18th birthday. And so by the time they're there, they still need to get their you know, education. That's how come the community colleges are so wonderful in that they provide the GED training as well. Mm-hmm. And they provide the opportunity to, to get those assessments, the TABE, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But, but by and large, it, it's very challenging for these young people. And uh, that's how come, unfortunately, the statistics are not very good around the country. Uh, I think in Florida, our, you know, our rate of success is, is much higher. And quite frankly, when you have the wraparound services that, for instance, some of the statewide, pro- the state programs have been able to provide, like maybe a Handy um, is a program in Broward County, Vita Nova is a program in Palm Beach County, um, Unconquered Scholars is a program in, in Tallahassee with Florida State University and in Miami, like the Educate Tomorrow um, program, which is comprehensive and in association with AOK, you know, they have a very high um, percentage of their students who, um, who are getting their degrees, you know, um, much higher than, than around the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Because of that support network and, exactly. and all the different resources that are being pulled together through that network, that blanket across yeah. the state. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really challenging. We know life is, du- is tough. Life is difficult. And then you have all these other added challenges. I want to talk a little bit about three words that I see behind you that I think connect to this topic. And then, um, and then I have maybe another question or two, but I see Connect, Unite, Act. And as we're talking, these three words keep popping out. It's, we're connecting, we're uniting, we're acting. What, what are these three words? How, how do they fit into the Positive Pathways program? Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, thank you for asking me about that. Um, you know, by and large, what we want to do and what we required to do, right? The Florida legislature in 2014 passed um, the law that said that the Department of Children and Families, which mm-hmm. is, you know, this is the Department of Children and Families, the Department of Children and Families must collaborate with the Florida College System and the State University System and the Department of Education. So they're basically saying, hey, Department of Children and Families, connect. Connect with these other statewide um, you know, departments in order to help these young people from foster care, 
right? Thank goodness. So that's the first step, connect. Of course, you may connect with a person, but you don't necessarily unite with them, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who connect with their relatives at Thanksgiving dinner, but do they do anything to unite during the year? No. There's a lot of people who connect with other people on Facebook, but are they united in any kind of effort? No. And so that's the next step with us. We unite mm -hmm. all these entities around the state. How do we do that? We do that through our quarterly webinars and our trainings. We do that with our monthly calls. We do that with an annual conference, which, you know, 200 people attended our virtual conference, which is 100% more than normal because in our in-person conferences, only 100 people would show up. Mm -hmm. so we unite by letting them know, you know, what the challenges are and how we can work together. And so once we tell them how we can work together, that's when ACT comes in because we need to start working together. We need to actually put into place programs and activities which promote the success, the academic and life success of these young people. So that's connect, unite, and act. We like to say that's KUA. <laughs> KUA. KUA, right? <laughs> But that's 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 a, a great point that uh, we can't just connect. We need to actually unite. Mm -hmm. And once you unite, what are you doing? You have to act, do something. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, there's a there's a little um, there's an exclamation point uh, after the act because we've got to do this with enthusiasm. We have to do this <laughs> with excitement, and it is, is very yes, yes, let's act. <laughs> and to see, you know, from 1,500 to 6,100 students, that's a lot of lives. That's a lot of action. That's a lot of connecting and uniting. And that's a lot of success. So it's yeah. easy to get enthusiastic about that. So, so actually, that leads to my next question, which is, for those of us who are listening to this podcast, for me, and I'm interviewing you now, if we want to get involved in some way or help in some way, and we can all, we have different levels of help or involvement that we can um, contribute, how can we help? Do you have any suggestions for those of us who really want to act? We want to get involved, whether it's with our foster youth or our foster youth who've aged out um, and are now um, have opportunities for higher education. What can we do? Sure, sure. Well, thank you, you know, for, for that very important question. And I think because we have this statewide network, no matter where you are in the state of Florida, um, you can act, connect, unite with somebody who's nearby. And so um, first and foremost, reach out to us here at Positive Pathways. So you can reach out by emailing us at pathways at educatetomorrow.org, pathways at educatetomorrow.org. Go to our website, which is positivepathwaysflorida.org. And when you open that, that up, you can go to a tab that's called programs and liaisons. Mm -hmm. and when you go to programs and liaisons, if you are interested in finding like, for instance, a state college liaison close to you or the state university liaison, you click on that tab. And then we have a search function that you can just type in the name of the college and it'll bring up, you know, what's happening nearby. 
And so um, I would you know, be pleased to, to help anybody connect with anybody in their community um, because some communities are, are much more active than others. Like you know, Brevard County is very active, Broward County is very active, Leon County, um, over in the west side of the state, um, those schools are becoming more active. University of South Florida, St. Petersburg College, Hillsborough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the main thing to realize is that if anybody in any part of the state of Florida wants to support these young people, they can do it. Um, we are getting, we're strengthening our partnership with the Guardian Ad Litem. Oh, good. Which uh, these are, are, are people who work with the children be, below 18, but some of them want to continue to help these young people who they've grown close to once they hit 18. Um, so, you know, we're definitely a statewide entity working with other statewide entities. Like, for instance, even the Florida College, the Florida College Access Network, that's another statewide organization that we're connecting with and partnering with uh, and their local college access networks throughout Florida in order to, like you said, and I love your analogy, you know, create this comforting um, quilt, right? <laughs> I like that even better than net. A lot of times people say a safety net. Well, guess what? You can, you can, that safety net can break or you can go through the the cracks. And it's not so comforting. And that isn't comforting. <laughs> it's not warm at all. It's a net. Have you ever tried to wrap yourself in a net? I love your quilt analogy. This is our safety quilt, our comforting quilt, or you're not alone quilt of support. Yeah, I love it. I should I should take the Connect United Act and, 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 and put it on a quilt. I put it on a quilt. I'll buy one. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Um, Actually, I I just also want to share for our listeners that a lot of these resources and ways of communicating with positive pathways, including the website and the email, all of that is listed under the resources area. So when you go to the podcast episode, you have a short description and under that you have resources and those resources include links that you can click on or copy and paste into your web browser and get the information you're looking for from today's interview. Um, so with that, I want to say, do you have any final thoughts or any um, advice or tips or anything else you want to share that I didn't get to ask you around this important topic of our foster youth in Florida? Well, I mean, you've done a great job asking me, you know, the, the relevant questions. Let me um, think you for a second as I take our screenshots so that oh. <laughs> I can promote this uh, interview on our site as well, right? Um, I guess, you know, you really touched on it earlier when you talked about the the feelings of the young people, the loneliness, the being scared, the uncertainty. If we could think back to when we were 18 years old, a lot of times, even though we had parents, we didn't share with them all of our feelings. Mm -mm. I mean... I have a, a, an 18 year old right now and she spends a lot of time in the room and um, she's in college, but at the same time, I know that, you know, she goes through things that I don't necessarily know about because young people are, are embarrassed. And so, you know, one of the most important things that I think that, you, that, that, that folks in Florida can realize is that there, there is an organization that is focused on helping these young people through their very challenging times and that they can really, in many ways, 
help through the Positive Pathways Network in ways that, that they probably didn't realize they can be a tremendous impact. Young people, more than anything, need to hear information. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, those of us who are 30, 40, 50, don't realize that that's 30 years more information than this 18-year-old has. And, and, and I remember one time I was reading something, and unfortunately, you know, I've known young people who ended their own lives. And when I went to find out what on earth, why would that happen? One of the things I realized was that um, they don't have as much information as we do in order to process these very challenging, um, scary, you know, experiences. Mm -hmm. In other words, at 30 and 40, we realize that this will pass. We realize that there are good things that can come out of these challenging situations. Well, an 18-year-old doesn't know that. They don't have that much information in their, in their data, in their database, right? Their mind and their heart don't have as much information. So Positive Pathways is all about helping folks know that there is a pathway for them and that there are people who are willing all over the state of Florida, not just willing, but eager to help them along that positive pathway. So I just really appreciate the opportunity on this show to let them know about that. And I see that you're doing a lovely pose. So just give me a second right now and I'll take another a, a shot of us. <laughs> And the beautiful thing is that I know how to use PowerPoint to cut and paste. <laughs> I actually do a lot of my posts using PowerPoint. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great program. All right, great. And so great. Let, me do, let me do a quick wrap-up statement that, that we'll end the interview with. Sure. Um, thank you so much, Steve, for being here with me today and to really teach us about um, our foster youth in Florida and the Positive Pathways Program and the different ways that we can be supportive and become part of that network slash quilt uh, to really support our foster youth, who, especially our foster youth who age out and have educational opportunities so that they can be successful in their personal and professional endeavors. So thank you for being here today. We truly appreciate you being in coffee and an interview. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for, uh, for connecting with me.